Welcome to Tax Strategy Digest, where we explore the fascinating world of finance. Join as we dive into the stories, insights, and experiences of experts, thought leaders, and everyday people who are making a difference in this field. Through engaging conversations and thought-provoking discussions, we'll take a deep dive into the latest research, trends, and innovations shaping finance. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn something new on this exciting journey with us. With all that said, today our guest is Kirk Canole. Kirk, thanks for uh, thanks for joining in. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. And and Kirk, I'll, I'll let you kind of go ahead and maybe just start it off by telling us a little bit about what you do, um, a little bit about your company, and go from there. Be happy to do that for your audience. The thing that DCI does can best be described visually along with verbal instructions. So if I may, I'm going to share my screen during this time, Paul. If you uh, look up on the screen now, you should see the dcisolutions.net website. Here's the message that we give to high net worth business owners. So if your audience works with high net worth, ultra high net worth people, most of those folks have gained their fortunes by owning a business. Either they inherited from their parents or that they created themselves. It could be anywhere from a few million to hundreds of millions of dollars. And this is the message we give those high net worth people, those CE owners, we say the company that's worth 50 million on Monday could be worth 55 on Friday. Or if it's worth 20 million on Monday, it could be 22 on Tuesday. We're going to give that owner an extra two, three, four, five X million dollars increase in his net worth, <clears throat> along with an increase in his cash flow and his profit. As it says down there, companies of any size realize average gains of a thousand to four thousand dollars per full-time employee without changing suppliers or wasting time. So if you're dealing with people who have lots of money and lots of responsibilities, they have very little time and very little patience to listen to long abstract teaching. So we get to the point right away. We will give you a 1% jump in your equity value for every one hour of your focused attention. If you give us 10 hours of your time, Mr. CEO owner, expect to see a 10% jump in the value of your company. Ideally, that's a 10% jump in your net worth also. That's the opening message. Is that helpful? Yeah, that was great. And why don't you go ahead and maybe talk about some of the different avenues you take in order to help these CE owners um, get towards that 10%. Certainly. And just keep in mind of all these numbers you see on the dcisolutions.net website, the, the ones and zeros, the matrix code, the most important digit of that 1000101, the most important digit is the one on the far right. People always ask, how much time does this take? I don't have any time. I don't have time to stop and think. And we say, great, if you give us a day, I will give you an extra one, two, $10 million of increased value. Again, that 10% jump in whatever the value of your company is will happen in a day, but it's one full day. It is a full work day, 10 full hours, 100, excuse me, 600 cumulative minutes of energy. So if they invest that energy, then they will see what we call our growth chart. It is a simple statement at the bottom. A company with 100 employees will see annual gains of $100,000 to $400,000. So any company of any kind, anywhere doing anything, will see a sustainable increase in its hard dollar, bottom line, money in the bank, cash flow, profit, equity value, with all that money coming from just one place. This one place is known as the cost efficiency dashboard. And when your people have a chance to come to the dcisolutions.net website, they hover over any one of these nine dials. <clears throat> and as they do, they notice that the dials jump. So first question, 
is it possible for a company to be under budget and overpay? Let's pause. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, definitely. Not only is it possible, it's impossible for it not to happen. It is 100% certain that it is happening. Right. And yet all companies manage to the budget. They'll say, we're under budget. Yay! And everyone pops the champagne cork and cuts the cake and celebrates. As if that were somehow winning the race. That is simply qualifying. And yet people look at that as the finish line because that's how they're judged. That's how they're evaluated. So what we say is do not judge yourself by whatever budget you arbitrarily may have assigned yourself conveniently at the, big, at the beginning of the year and say we met it. Ask yourself, how do we do compared to market best pricing for the supplies that we obtain from whichever suppliers we choose to use? And if your supplier is charging your competitor 20% less than he is charging you, then every time you buy that widget, you are losing ground, automatically losing ground to whoever your competitor peer across the street is. So what we tell our clients is, according to market best pricing, how are you doing on FedEx freight or UPS freight? Doesn't matter which one, you know, or maybe a third provider. According to market best pricing, how are you doing on your Blue Cross Blue Shield silver PPO with the $2,000 deductible? And if you want to keep the exact same benefits, you don't want to cut corners, you don't want to cut benefits, you don't want to water down the soup, you don't want to go through pain to have the gain. How can you without spending money, make money. Without cutting corners, cutting heads, or cutting checks, how can you increase your cash flow, profit, equity value immediately like Thanos snaps his fingers? These nine dials on the DCI dashboard represent nine different examples from different companies, blue collar, white collar, no collar, for profit, not for profit, not making profit. Privately held, publicly traded, will not matter. Any company of any kind, anywhere doing anything, when you put this nine dial dashboard to work, you inevitably identify out of all the companies that we've worked with, there are consistently significant attractive opportunities for improvement without changing suppliers or wasting time that will give the owner of that company, if he liked to see it, an idea of where he could easily accomplish without stressing an extra $100,000 to $400,000 per year for every 100 full-time US-based W-2 employees he has. That's the message of DCI. This growth chart simply says, if you like charts that go up and to the right, here's our chart. The basis of us giving this chart are these nine dials. And every time you hover over one of the needles, over one of the dashboard dials, you see the needles jump from wherever they were to the higher increase to 99% efficiency in operating cost per dollar spent. So you are not switching providers. You are not watering down. You are not diminishing the quality of the services you receive or the qualities of services you give. But as you can see here, WD-40, stroke of a pen, no change in suppliers, $30,000 saved a year. Small company out here in the Northeast didn't want to change healthcare plans, didn't want to change doctors, didn't want to change benefits, did not want to increase co-pays or deductibles, did not want to put any more cost shifting onto the employees and really didn't even want to change their broker. I said, great, without changing anything, here's your $180,000 savings on 31 employees. Wow. So this actually went over $4,000 per employee per year. But if we combine multiple savings that can occur just in tax with two or three savings that might be in insurance, multiple savings that might be in services and supplies and so forth, 
it's almost impossible for us not to have in any significant sized company at least five recommendations that are so worthwhile we want the owner to see them typically you can find 12 14 but to kind of consolidate energy try to focus the client's mind on just five recommendations that if he chooses to accept them he or she will spend no more than a full 600 minutes 10 full hours one single workday overseeing the flow of the money as it goes from spreadsheet all the way to their balance sheet and that's what dci does we make it possible for money to go from the spreadsheet where we disclose confidentially in a one-to-one -one meeting with the ce owner and his very highest trusted lieutenants all the way to the balance sheet where people are booking this money on a regular basis so that's the process we use to increase cash flow increase profit decrease stress decrease complexity in a way that gives people the largest amount of money in the simplest way possible possible Awesome. And Kirk, I just want to jump in and I want to make sure anybody watching understands. So I know you um, you talked about how you weren't going to be changing suppliers. I also just want to re wanted to reiterate, I believe you've told me in the past that you're also um, not going to be cutting headcount or, um, you know, lowering people's, you know, paychecks or, or, or putting the money into new investments, right? All of these things are just the efficiency of the money. Is that correct? Correct. You've got to do things that cannot easily be done or even even conceived by the in-house staff who's thinking we're doing everything we can we're taking coffee out of the workroom we're turning off lights in the production floor we're you're resetting the thermostat they're going through all these minuscule aggravating irritating anxiety producing low yield activities and then when they find a hundred dollar savings in the phone bill everyone's all ecstatic what we're saying is you don't have to waste staff energy that should be spent on their core capabilities. Yeah. Let them focus in on what they do best. And without embarrassing anybody, we're going to produce a dramatic amount of savings that could not be gained using your best internal resources, assuming you even had the time, assuming you even had the audit software, assuming you even had the pricing databases, none of which any company has, regardless of their size, regardless of what they do. And if we can bring that to the attention of the man who owns the money, not the person who spends the money, you've got to get the attention of the person who owns the money. So let's consider this graphic, if we may. This we call family office and family business. Many of your people work either selling uh, maybe $10 million, $20 million life insurance policies to a ultra high net worth person. So this will be for people who either do that or intend to be doing that as part of their career. These people tend to work on this right circle. We'll call this right circle here the family office. That is, after the money comes home from the family business, you want to maximize the legacy. You need wealth strategists. So many people listening to this broadcast would consider themselves wealth strategists. They do more than just sell a life insurance policy, or they do more than just a deferred sales uh, sales trust. They, they, they do multiple uh, uh, things from a, a highly strategic level uh, that maximize the owner's wealth to himself, his next uh, generation of children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and then whatever larger charitable giving he gives beyond his personal family members. 
So he needs typically family estate planning and a trust attorneys, but then he also needs CPAs that are working on his personal account that may not even be connected with his business. And then he needs coaches typically to work through family issues to make sure that he's planning a long-term legacy that fulfills his vision, why he even spends 70, 80 hours a week on the family business. It's because he's trying to live for something greater than the business itself. And so all these external components, you might say, are like satellites in the universe of the family office. All that money, that $50 million family office, exists because there's a $50 million family business. Now, this is where most people say, well, that's another world. I don't really see what happens in that world. I don't know what's happened in that world. All I know is after he brings the money home. Understood. But if you want to be exceptional, not just average, not just try hard, but exceptional in the world of the family office, you need to know things like the source of the wealth, not just the stream of the wealth. So the stream of the wealth, great. You're doing fine there at least know what can be done at the source of wealth so that more money streams into that family office. So in that family business, we'll call these four satellites. You need a, typically an external banker. The banker for that company is certainly not a W-2 employee. He's usually a corporate attorney who is in charge of compliance issues. And that person is often an external uh, asset to the company. Uh, they might have been in-house counsel, but then you've got external counsels as well. You also have external CPA. The CPA for the firm, whether it's a top 10, top four, or just a regional player, those are not employees. The CPA is not the CFO. The CFO is not the CPA, right? They're two different roles. So you have internal management, but then you have external CPAs, just like you have external bankers, external attorneys, and then here, external cost efficiency audits. These are people that can increase the owner's wealth by 1% for every one hour of his focused attention. And if he gives 10 hours, he can see a 10% jump in his personal net worth, the equity value of the company, along with its immediate increase in cash flow and profit. And he does it all by signing pieces of paper. He looks at what he's about to sign, understands it, authorizes it, does no other work than that. So an independent cost efficiency analysis increases the family business profit and value 10% and thereby enriches the whole family office. So DCI is one of those four satellites that is not an employee. We are not the CFO. We are not doing what the CFO does. The CFO cannot do what we do. So we try to make it very clear to the CE owner, if you want this 10% jump, just like you need a banker that works outside your company, you need a team of analysts like DCI Solutions who can magnify your wealth. And we're only going to find that family business CEO owner because somebody listening to this podcast has enough initiative to say, wouldn't it be great if I were the guy, if I were the woman who said, Mr. CE owner, Ms. CE owner, whoever owns that company. I want you to see something that I think could be of significant impact and value to you. I've already vetted it. I've already gone through it. And after having looked carefully, I really feel like this is something that you should pay attention to. Whoever has the vision for being that guy, the clearinghouse of great ideas. There may be a few people listening to that. Uh, to my voice right now who think that way. Great. 
I invite you to make this a new part of your overall life vision. So um, there are the details we can cover, but why don't I hit pause here and toss it back to you, Paul? Yeah, sure. And and really, I, I did have a quick question. So what happens when you you have a CEO owner who looks at you and, you know, obviously it sounds great, but they say, you know, I've got a CFO that, that already takes care of all of this. Um, you know, they take care of all my tax credits, for example, maybe, maybe that's what their main focus is on. Um, what, what would be your response to something yeah. like that? And so you, you don't know. want more money. So you don't <laughs> want more money. Just tell me, I'm not trying to prove your CFO is smart or dumb. I'm not trying to prove anything about your CFO. Sure. This is like telling me I'm, I'm a basketball coach and you say, yeah, but I've got a really good ice skating coach. I'm like, great. <laughs> what does one have to do with the other? You see, the CFO is doing what he needs to do, but is he an expert? For example, if I, I'll give you one. This is up on my screen. Perfect. This is a parcel freight optimization for a company. Perfect. This was my next question, Kirk. So I was actually right. going to ask if you could show us an example. You, right. you beat me to it. Okay. So I, I, maybe I'm reading your mind. So <laughs> I say, Mr. Mind. CEO, owner, great. I understand. Look. Once a month, you should get a roll of report saying how much additional money you're saving on parcel freight that was done by an external uh, auditor, ideally. But if your CFO has the ability to generate these types of reports, and as you can see here, this goes beyond 26 uh, columns. We're going to double uh, the alphabet out into the C files, right? It's CX all the way across. And then going down, it's over 100 it's over a thousand line items ultimately by the time we're done. So do you get a report like this from your CFO that then identifies in one column what the monthly savings? Now, that's a lot of data for $998 a month. It's a lot of data, but it's almost zero work for the client if this data is compiled, analyzed, and thoroughly crunched by a group of outside experts. You see, most people say, well, I just went to the negotiation table and asked for bigger discounts. And that's exactly how you lost money. You went to the negotiating table. And you said, I'm a negotiator. You got to do better. I played them off against each other. And even when they conceded to what you said, everything they gave you with the right hand, they took back with the left hand. Most people who can negotiate don't negotiate with a full set of data. They only have a competing bid or two. Number two, they don't audit. This is all from audit software. If you don't have audit software, you have no way of sustaining whatever you thought you might've gained in the negotiation. So this would be one very simple example. The dcisolutions.net website has multiple examples as you saw before. Every time you hover over the dial, I say, this is for a surfware company called uh, Billabong. And uh, they had no way of knowing that they had overspent money on sales tax. The CFO didn't, the VP of finance didn't, and the VP of tax did not. Oh, Kirk, I got a VP of tax. He knows everything. He knows everything about compliance. The number one job, the focus of a, of a VP of tax, because you can only really have one, is compliance and completion of all the forms and documents that the government lays as a burden on his back. He's doing that full time, all that compliance, all that reporting and the optimization skills. You know, the best example I could give is this. 
if somebody says, well, I got a CFO, that's finance, so I shouldn't think about it. Oh, I got a person in tax, therefore I shouldn't think about DCI. I said, look, if you asked a person with no knowledge, isn't an NFL offensive tackle the same thing as the NFL defensive tackle? Because it's kind of the same word, right? Anybody with any knowledge would say, no, don't be right. an idiot. That is, <laughs> that is what, you know, like somebody who's never watched the game before and they, they keep asking what's going on and why they're hitting each other in the game. Yeah. Tackle, tackle, it sounds the same. Well, in this world that we live in, you have got defensive tackles, let's say, and they are trying to protect you and the, from the government that keeps encroaching into your territory. DCI Solutions represents the offensive tackle. We are pushing your savings, your profits forward. We're trying to gain against the government. We're trying to create new tax exemptions. We're trying to create additional vendor discounts beyond the discounts that you've already negotiated. I don't have to take credit. Nobody here, there's over 50 of us. None of us have to take credit for what the client's staff has already done. But once that work is already done, the additional ground we gain is so significant, it will be represented by this growth chart, which says, as we said before, an extra $100,000 to $400,000 per year, every year, forever, without changing suppliers or wasting time. For every 100 full-time employees, you have them on payroll. And if you've got 200, then multiply everything I said by two. If you have 50, divide by two. And, and Kirk, I, you know, I would kind of summarize this, I guess, as a, a somewhat of a holistic type of wealth creation, yeah. kind of, a, um, I don't know if that's the right word, and, and I almost hate to use the word safe or risk-free, but mm -hmm. I, I would say, I, I feel like you're looking for profit growth without risk, right? And, yeah. and you're, you're finding well, things sir. that are without risk that, that are just already available. Uh, would that be would that be correct? Yeah. In other words, we there's five types of risks. Think about this, right? There are five different types of risk. Anything that where you have to risk paying uh, time, and that's what happens. People really really mad when they say, "Oh man, all those meetings were a real waste of time." Yeah. So you don't want to waste people's time. You don't want to uh, waste their energy. I mean, if if I speak rudely to you or your staff or your suppliers, I, I may only do it for five seconds, but I can create such a negative impression that you'll feel like you've really lost something. So we don't want to risk anything that threatens our time, our energy. Of course, we don't want to spend any money. We don't want to have any upfront capex of any kind. There's no return on investment. Or we could say with if there's no investment, there's an infinite return because you're dividing by zero. But you also don't want to do the other two risks that, that really matter most. Anything that ties up the client's freedom oh, you have to take this money or you have to pay us even if you don't take this money. I tell clients, if you don't want, you don't like it, if it sounds too good to be true, then don't take the money. Does that sound funny? If you don't like it, then don't take the money. Here's yeah. your UPS savings. Oh, it's too good to be true. Well, then don't take it. Let UPS keep it. They've been yeah. keeping it all this time already. Uh, the fifth risk beyond those first four things that threaten your time, your energy, your money, any risk, to your freedom and prerogative, the fifth and final one is anything that risks your reputation. So all of our work has to be done with a certain level of confidentiality. As we say here at this uh, simple process, DCI shows you the top five opportunities in a confidential analysis. So no matter who you use, it doesn't have to be DCI, it could be uh, ABC. 
you have to uh, uh, make sure that the savings are gained in a way that uh, the client can see all his money first. He can see the money in the spreadsheet, ask whatever questions he wants. And then after the CE owner sees it, he can then decide if he wants to do it and how he wants to portray this information to his staff so they don't feel uh, in any way threatened, like somehow uh, the boss brought in DCI and now that they're they're not as uh, significant or they're not as valuable because they didn't uh, identify this savings first. Holistic is this reason, because if all you do is work in one realm, you're basically saying, after the apple tree, after the harvest comes, I'll tell the apple farmer, here's my basket, put all your apples in my basket. But you know what? So is the Wells Fargo guy. So is the Edward Jones guy, right? So is the wealth manager on the corner over here, right? They're all doing the same thing. They're all saying, hey, put your apples in my basket. No, no, no. How about my basket? Why not be the guy that actually helps the farmer increase his yield? 10%. My guess is you'll be more likely to be chosen as the main basket guy. You might be chosen as the only basket guy, and you'll have 10% more apples in the basket. But you need a player who sees the whole field. Yeah. The best players in sports don't play every position, but they see the whole field. I once read a great quote by the captain of the uh, German uh, uh, World Cup team who played obviously in uh, for the Munich team in the 60s, 70s, and then in New York for a short stint. But uh, Franz Beckenbauer once said this because I watched him play as a young kid. I thought this guy makes zero mistakes, zero mistakes. But I remember he later had a quote where he said, I always knew at any time where every player was. Can you imagine being on a field that large? Whether you have the ball or not, you automatically know the position of every single player, moment by moment. So that kind of mastery is what we're inviting people who are listening to this broadcast to consider. Could I possibly be the person who, I play my position extremely well, but I also know the field position and where every player is and or should be? That's the invitation that we're giving to the uh, podcast listeners. That's Perfect. Why holistic wealth management perfect um and kirk before we before we start to wrap it up i do want to ask you two questions first of which um what's a question i'm not asking you that that you i should be asking you about dci solutions that you know might help somebody who is listening mm. you know there's a thousand ways to ruin a great idea there are a thousand ways to ruin any great idea so life is not simply about ideation, but about execution. And a lot of people say, wow, this DCI is a great idea. I'll just tell somebody about it. And sure. it's like speeding into a brick wall. You're going 90 miles an hour right into a brick wall. We go bang, you hit the wall. And they go, Kirk, well, I don't know what happened. I took this great idea and I told somebody about it and they didn't. They didn't act interested at all. I got shot down. I, I hit the brick wall. What happened? I said, problem is you can't just take a great idea and throw it out like a newborn baby into the world, hoping that it will survive and thrive. The best ideas have to be chaperoned. The way you execute the presentation of the idea, the way you communicate it using visuals, 
first, then verbals second, is absolutely critical. So during our podcast, we've been doing a lot of work with the visuals almost from the very beginning. And then the verbals kick in. And in the verbals, there are certain things that should be said. And there are other things that should never be said. So, for example, if somebody says, hey, I know a guy, he does cost reduction, he comes in and he looks at your books and uh, you save money, he'll freight or telephones or taxes. And uh, if he doesn't save you any money, you don't pay. <laughs> I think that's a brilliant presentation. It's awful. It sucks. Or yeah. worse. I've had guys that say, hey, Joe, meet Kirk. I'll leave you two guys to it. So I was like, I don't know this guy. And then <laughs> later, hey, Kirk, I called Joe. I left Joe a message, but he didn't respond. Well, I don't know why he didn't respond to my email. I don't respond. Don't want Joe to respond to my voicemail. And the answer is because you don't introduce great ideas in the same way that you introduce old, proven, tired ideas. So that would be the one question I would say to ask is, how best to introduce any great idea that is so new, the person listening either doubts it's even possible or B, thinks it doesn't even exist. It's literally too good to be true. So to get to that person, which by the way is most of us, we have to think in ways that softly open the door so that the person can begin to consider this in the right frame of mind. And once you've done that, you can do that with any great idea, not just a DCI solutions idea. Perfect. And and Kirk, uh, what is the best way someone's listening right now? They want to get in touch with you. Would it be your LinkedIn profile? I'll attach that below for you so anyone can click on it, go straight there. Would it be your website? Uh, would you like me to add that on below? I, yeah, I absolutely. Do that. Uh, we've got a, a phone number right up here, the 888 uh, or the contact us. If you know, uh, if you like to talk, great, happy to talk. If I can't talk to you right away, certainly we'll call you back uh, and uh, be in conversation with you, or you can email me. Uh, you can link in, link with me if you'd like. Um, I encourage people then when they call to say, hey, did I understand this right? Is Would this really apply to such and such? Would it apply to a company with only 30 employees, 25 employees? Would it apply to a company with 2,500 employees? So we have multiple examples of what we've done for companies that had 25, 20 to 20,000 employees. This Perfect. works everywhere just like gravity. And uh, all we need are open-minded people like Paul to ask some questions. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Kirk, I, I really appreciate your time. I always have a blast talking with you. I know uh, David over here in our office absolutely loves you and, and you've done some great work with him over the years. And so I uh, really, really appreciate your time. And I hope that some of our listeners got some, uh, some really great insight and I uh, hope some of them can save some money and give you a call. Look forward to it. Thanks so much, Paul. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Adios.